Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 353. Family comes first, and that means having to change our cruise plan sometimes to fit everything and everyone in. This week's cruise story is about Ron's Caribbean cruise that he had to change so he could be there for the birth of his grandchild, and how changing sail dates can still result in a fabulous cruise. Here we go. All right, guys, we're back with another cruise story. And this week, I am so happy to bring on board uh, one of my very good friends, Mr. Ron Ladowski from, I know you live in New York, Ron. Do you live in Albany area or like Buffalo area? I forget exactly. I live just a little bit north of the Albany area, Clifton Park, New York. Clifton Park. Welcome to the podcast, Ron. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And uh, today we're talking about your recent cruise on Allure of the Seas, I say recent, but it was September 2018, nonetheless, <laughs> seven-night Western Caribbean cruise. And, uh, you know, I, I love hearing these cruise stories. Of course, if you're new to the podcast or you haven't joined us in a little while, basically what we're doing is we're taking a look back at some memorable cruises from our listeners and talking about, you know, with everything going on in the world, I don't think we need to really add one more voice that talks about all the despair and issues going on. So instead, we're looking back at better times. We're looking back at cruises that really stood out. And, and my hope is that not only will this serve to uh, perhaps share a fun or, or memorable story, but also uh, a couple tips along the way. And uh, most importantly, uh, bring a smile to everybody's face here as we talk about uh, some great Royal Caribbean cruises. So, Ron, I'm going to let you take it away here. Where are we going? What, what happened? What made this Allure of the Seas cruise so memorable for you? Okay, it was the it was a seven day Western Caribbean cruise on the Allure of the Seas. And the second time on the Allure, it's really it's one of my favorite ships. Not not the favorite, but it's right up there. Originally had it scheduled for September twenty third, twenty eighteen. It was the seven day cruise and goes from the twenty third to the thirtieth. But then come about March of twenty eighteen. I was informed by my daughter and my son-in-law that my daughter-in-law, my, my daughter is pregnant. Oh. And we're, we're going to become grandparents for this will be for our fourth time. And uh, the baby was expected sometime about October. But with my luck of having a cruise that ended at the uh, September 30th, grandma and grandpa probably would be uh, somewhere between Fort Lauderdale and uh, where we should be uh, outside of New York. So uh, I figured, well, there's only one thing to do, and that's to get in touch with uh, our, uh, our travel agent and uh, see if I can get this thing rescheduled. So just knowing the way the uh, cruises go on Royal Caribbean, especially at the eastern, it's like an eastern, western, eastern, western. So I figured, okay, I'll just push it, you know, push it back two weeks earlier. So I went from leaving on September uh 23rd to September 9th, 9th to the 16th. And thanks to our, my great travel agent, I guess I'll say MEA Travel, a proud sponsor of the Royal Caribbean blog, shameless plug. I <laughs> love it. Uh, uh, I was, I was, uh, we're given three, uh, three happy things about it. First of all, uh, I would be there in time for when my grandson was born. We got upgraded from a grand suite to an owner suite and the bottom line is we saved $2,520, which uh, just completely blew me away. Wow. I, did have to pay the, I did have to pay the additional $500 because when you uh, book 
uh, grand suite or higher, you lose the uh, the down payment. So I still made over $2,000 by moving two weeks earlier. So all that time you've talked about, you know, if you can, you know, check around a date if you want to cruise, it really does make a difference. Absolutely. It's a great tip, Ron. So let's see. The cruise left from Fort Lauderdale. We went to uh, Nassau. And we stopped at the uh, the Blue Lagoon Island Resort. Someone I think you were at a little while ago. In yeah, that's fact, right. I February. Think, I went there yeah, for the I first time. The same yep. The VIP Beach Tour Excursion, which is the one I think you said. And I totally agree. If I, I remember correctly, it was kind of neat being escorted off the uh, ship. And they gave us a special, you know, section to sit. But the uh, beach is definitely rocky. It's not what you wanted to. If you have a lot, a lot of little kids to run around in. They would not find it enjoyable. In fact, we neither did we. We really didn't go in the water that much. Yeah, but it would... I was just going to okay. add. Sorry, the, I think you're 100 percent right with everything you said there. The the Blue Lagoon is a private island. It's a shore excursion you can book in Nassau. There's two options. There's multiple of options, but basically you can do the VIP or the regular. And uh, the VIP, there's the best part of the VIP is you're the first one on the ferry that takes you there. Uh, first one off as well. They give you bottled water. They do treat you like a VIP. I was. I was really impressed by that aspect of it. I mean, I saved a lot of time standing around waiting in line because I was a VIP. So that was great. Uh, but the problem is they bring you to a beach, which is a VIP beach, which is great because it's your own area. You got your own lunch there. It's really cool, except the beach itself uh, is super rocky. It's not for swimming. It's more for enjoying. So, yeah, I kind of basically like you, Ron, I, I left the area. I was like, well, I'm going to go to the regular beach because I actually want to go in the water and enjoy it. Um, so uh, I think you're you're your take of it was exactly uh, mine, but please continue, sir. Okay. Yeah. The reason we picked that one though, is because we've been there two other times, uh, actually three other times, I believe. Uh, and they have things that there, there's a, there's a swim with the dolphins and a dolphin in, encounter. We did the dolphin encounter. We kind of go on a little platform and the dolphins swim up to you and you can pet them and stuff, which was kind of cool. But then they had the, we had one, just before this one, we went there, and it's called the Sea Lion Encounter, which is really cool. If you like, if you're a dog person, and if you love dogs, sea lions are just the perfect pet to have. They act like a dog. They uh, they, they they bark. It's <laughs> it was just amazing to, to see these things. So we, we enjoyed that a whole lot. That's good to hear. So the next stop we went to would have been Cozumel, and Cozumel we've gone to a lot. And we just did walked around and did the shopping because I think actually out of, probably out of all the cruise ports you can hit, I really like uh, Cosmo all the best. It just laid out so nice. You can just take a cab to the to one end of all the shopping district and just walk your way back right back to the. It's, 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 I really I really enjoy walking around Cosmo. I agree with you, Ron. I really like that quite a bit as well. It 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 is you know in in a world a world of Caribbean ports in which mostly you're going to the beach. I do like the idea in Cozumel being able to walk around. Their downtown is fabulous, really easy to navigate. It's on a grid system. Uh, it's very convenient to get there, like you mentioned, uh, inexpensive taxi ride, and the food is amazing too. So, yeah, I think more often than not, we end up going downtown, uh, walking, eating, eating some more, grabbing something else to eat, and then maybe we're going to the beach or back to the ship. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Cozumel. Right. Okay, so we, we then cruised the day, and then we got to... This was the first time I've ever, I've ever been to Roatan in Honduras. I really didn't know what to expect. 
And uh, we, we got off the boat and you, we kind of walked down the pier. I had this, well, the excursion was with Daniel Johnson's Monkey and Sloth, Sloth Hangout, which some people might go, but it really it was, it was we'll, we'll get to it. But we walked out uh, onto the, out of the, off the pier at Roatan, and you get in kind of like a, it's not the section that you're in Roatan when you get off the pier. It's not the most scenic uh, Caribbean port I've ever seen, to say the least. And we kind of, we just, we were walking, we got over there. And I was expecting for the uh, excursion people to have somebody there to uh, say, hey, you know, signs or something. Hi, come here. There was nothing. So we happened to kept walking around. We talked to some people. It turns out we had there was another couple that was going on the same excursion as us. So we hung around with them for a little bit and talked. And about 15 minutes later, a gentleman pulled up and he says, yes, he's with the, uh, the excursion. And... Uh, picked us up and took us away. Uh, it was a case where even after the, uh, during, after the excursion was done, he had waited that entire time in their parking lot for us. It was kind of like having a private Uber driver. So it was the same driver. It kind of made it easy. The excursion itself really isn't that expensive. We did a, uh, it was a four hour encounter and Island tour. The Island tour is after the, uh, excursion at the, uh, at the hangout, they drive you around the island. You get to see different parts of, uh, of, of, of Roatan. But uh, the, the highlight of the thing is the, uh, the excursion itself at the, at the uh, Daniel Johnson's. This guy is a former, he must be a former American, because everywhere, as soon as you walk in, there are Pittsburgh Steelers banners hanging all over the place. He's an he's who's also an Ohio State fan because there's Ohio, the Ohio State Buckeyes all over the place. So we happened to go to the University of Michigan. I would suggest passing on it. <laughs> the first thing we walked in, there was some, there were some, there were a few animals we saw. that were like in cages, but then we finally got to the to the neat section of the area, and that's where they had uh, first thing we saw that there, there were parrots and macaws, all these things. They're in cages, but, but you get to walk into the cage, of course, itself. And before you know it, you have parrots on your arms, sitting on your head. Uh, they, they're just ready to go to town. They, they're, they're so used to having people around. They know that this is photograph time. So that's exactly what they do. So from there, we went to the, there's a cage where they have monkeys. And the first thing they tell you when you go into the cage with the, with the monkeys, that is to ensure that uh, you have any valuable, any, anything loose on you in your pockets. Uh, if you have a watch, they suggest taking it off and they've got a locker area. You put them in the lockers because these monkeys have been around, or maybe around people so long, they become notorious pickpockets. <laughs> they will take the things. They can, of course, they get going. What, what they do is they'll take the, your item and they'll climb to the top of the cage and it's impossible ever to get it again. But the, the the monkeys the monkeys were cool. They were they were quite as friendly as I had hoped to be, I had hoped for. But uh, needless to say, yeah, it, it was definitely a different experience. But then, the highlight of the entire excursion is getting to meet sloths. You know, they sound like you know a sloth. That sounds pretty disgusting. But these are the cutest, cuddliest little animals you'd ever want to see. Uh, they uh, when you 
get to the area, you're not in a cage. They're so slow. They're so lackadaisical that uh, they just they just come up and they just you know hand you one. You can you can hold it. Did you and your kids ever see the movie Zootopia? Yep. Okay. In the movie Zootopia, there is a uh, there, there's actually a sloth uh, part of the cartoon, and one of the sloths is called Slo- Flash uh, Slothmore. He's the department. He's a member of the Department of Mammal Vehicles. And it was a, it was a great it was a great part of the movie where they're you know they're taking a dig at uh, DMV and how slow the people at DMV sometimes work and the the sloths are they look they, they were in the movie the sloths are always kind of like a silly grin on them same thing in real life these things are just they they, they always look like they're happy they're always smiling <laughs> uh, it's just just the way just the way they're made they're cuddly they don't. You know, they, they don't smell like a wild animal. They, they're just, they're, they're, they're a wonderful, wonderful creature. In fact, we looked at the possibility of, you know, let's see, these things are so cool. Could we get one? Well, that's a big no if you live in the United States, because I believe uh, it's illegal to own them. And even if you did live out of the country, for you to own a sloth, I remember you'd have to have a room the size of a small bedroom. And that we just set aside for the sloth. They like to kind of wander around. So you just can't leave them in a small little area. They're, they're going to wander around their own little room. And according to what I had, I remember correctly, they had said that the cost of owning a sloth runs approximately $7,000 a month on food alone. Because I guess it's not easy to get fresh eucalyptus uh leaves and stuff all the whatever else they eat but it, it, they're very they're a very expensive animal to keep uh, as a pet so needless to say we are never going to have a sloth but, it, but it's an amazing experience it was real uh, we're definitely gonna you know have to we'll be going back so the last place we went to was one place that actually i went to because of suggestions by you the uh maya chan beach resort in costa maya mm, yes 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 it was actually it was more than I expected. Uh, it, I guess it's owned by a am- former American expatriate, some g- a guy named David, who his parents own- owned it, and they ran it for a while. And then he, uh, they, they kind of just, you know, said they had enough, so he took it over. So he's got his own little local wait staff, cooking staff, bar staff. And uh, the one thing that's really neat is that when you go to visit them, uh, all the all the thing all the items that they have to eat at their buffet, we're talking to some. They make them by the uh, wait staff or the restaurant staff. They make them every night fresh at home, and they bring these things fresh to you. They aren't store bought. There's nothing. They 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 make fresh food every day. Uh, and it's, it's really, you know, once again, it's really pretty cheap. I mean, it's, uh, I looked it up. It was $59 for 18, 18 years and older for Maya Chan. Uh, kids under zero to three are like 19 bucks. And the price has not changed in the two years since, uh, since I last, last went. Yeah. The, and the other, the other interesting thing about them, I mean, the level of service is phenomenal. That's what really mm-hmm. drew me over there and keeps me going whenever we go, to uh, Costa Maya, we always go there. I mean, it's just 
it's that service. It, I, look, I've been to a right. lot of all-inclusive resorts. They all do a great job. Most of them, you know, do very, very good jobs. But the level of service, the the amount of times that they they really make sure you're having a good time, they want you to, you have everything you mm-hmm. need. It's truly incredible, and I think it's testament to the family uh, who who run that and the great people they have there. Uh, and and not only that, Ron, the transparency they with how they run their operations, their willingness to give refunds if if there's anything that they're like proactive about it, like you know, like hey, you know what. This thing is happening right now. We totally understand if you don't want to come anymore. It's like, no, we want to come. We understand. Thank you. It really does stand out. That's actually, I was wondering, by mentioning that, that it, it dawned on me that when you get off the ship, you have to walk about a quarter mile to their waiting area. And they've got a gentleman there who checks. He's not going to say he doesn't take the money, but he checks to see she, who's showing up, who's here, who's not here yet. And while he's checking you in, he mentions to you, the condition of the water, because in at Coast of Maya, it's just whatever reason on that west coast of uh, on the wet though there's Western Caribbean, it'd be the east coast of Mexico. Uh, they get a lot of seaweed. There's a seaweed uh, season, I guess, which runs from about May through October, and it really gets pretty thick at the uh, during the summer. Yep. But if anybody's saying, "Oh, uh, you know, that sounds just they they." they these people are out there all the time you're there and they are raking and manicuring and collecting everything. They're doing an amazing job. But this gentleman, when he's, he's he'll tell you that, okay, the seaweed is kind of like this. And if you, at this time you want to cancel, please tell us, well, you know, you, 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 we'll, we'll, keep, we'll cancel you and you'll get a full refund, which is just kind of unheard of, you know, on the day of the excursion. So let's see. Well, one thing I guess when you, when you do go to Costa Maya, the, one thing that kind of blew me away is the first thing you do is you walk. They have the private cabanas by Royal Caribbean. That's what they have all along the beach. They direct you right to your little, your own personal little, personal cabana. Uh, you get to sit there. They have a uh, ice chest full of water, which they keep refilling continuously. It has Wi-Fi. Um, it has snorkel. Uh, complimentary snorkel equipment. It has kayaks. And I guess the best thing, of course, is the food. They when, The first thing is we, when we sat down, one of the ladies came over and she wanted to know uh, if we're interested in getting some salsa. If you go there, say yes. Uh-huh. It is a, it's a fresh salsa they make. It's a homemade fresh salsa they make every day. And they, they, these are not store-bought tortillas. These, these are homemade tortilla chips. They are amazing. So they, they've got that. And then at, there's the brunch later on in the day. And they got beans and chicken and steak and sea bass and pulled pork. So there's, I mean, if you go away hungry, shame on you. Again, I guess being a Royal Caribbean insider who's gone on more than one bar crawl, at least I think I have, I, I kind of remember being on a feud, starting them. Forget about uh, and a few occasions where forget getting back, but <laughs> they have you have your choice of uh, they they've got pina coladas, they got mango tangos, daiquiris, smoothies. They've I they've got five different kinds of beer, like Modelo, Corona. They've got seven different brands of rum. And one thing I thought that. Matt would really find probably why he keeps going back. They got 11 different brands of tequila. They've got Coke, 
they got Coca-Cola, fruit juice, iced tea, coffee, you name it, they've got it. And uh, there's no, it's not like, okay, this is the, uh, this is the time for where the bar is open. No, the bar is open. And uh, they, they just treat you amazing. I mean, they really do. They, they kept coming back continuously to see, is there anything else you need? Would you like more more of something else? Do you need more water? Uh, do you want us to, uh, would you like some more towel? Anything. I mean, they, 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 they are just, um, an, it's an amazing resort. So uh, I guess uh, it says, I guess I said, well, well, will I be going back? To either of these two places, I definitely put my money where my mouth is. I'm going back in April of 2021. I've got a seven-night Western Caribbean and perfect day at Coco Cay on the Allure. So I'll be going back. I've already reserved my spot with the Daniel Johnson's Monkey and Small Hangout. And I received an email reply that, but I received an email reply that I was being a little bit overzealous. They suggested that I come call, you know, try to contact them again in a few months. I mean, it might be something to do with the uh, slowdown or something, but they, they weren't taking a reservation this time. But uh, I do already have a reservation for, uh, uh, let's see. For my channel, I have the reservation. Daniel Johnson's, I don't. That, that was the only thing. I can honestly say that this is a cruise uh, that uh, when I booked this cruise with on the Allure, it was I not did not book it for the ship. I booked it not for the onboard activities, but for the ports to call I'd never been to before. Uh, I definitely will go back, and I would suggest anybody who gets a chance to take a Western Caribbean cruise, these are two places to definitely look up. They're great recommendations, Ron. I, I totally agree with you 100%. Uh, you know, we were supposed to do, I was supposed to go on Harmony of the Seas for Spring Break this year, and uh, we actually were going to go do, I don't know if it was the same tour guide that you had, but we were going to do the sloth thing. That was obvious, That was one of the big things there, and my kids were really mm-hmm. looking forward to doing that. So unfortunately, we did not get to do that because our cruise was canceled. However, uh, you definitely know that when we do go to Rotan the next time, I will definitely uh, check that out because I do agree with you that uh, it sounds like a really cool thing. Um, you know, I was a little leery of it at first, but uh, the girls in my family were all about, they think they're cute. So we're going to, I think we're going to give that a try. And, and of course, Maya Chan, love it. Cozumel, love it. So yeah, I love the Western Caribbean. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not going to win any awards necessarily for the most exotic place on earth you've ever visited, but I do think it's pretty. I think there's a lot to choose from. And uh, at the end of the day, it's a really fun vacation to go over there. And I think it's one of the best itineraries, especially if you're new to cruising. I love the Western Caribbean for those options because uh, I think it provides a good variety. Uh, It's some nice places to visit and the food is amazing. Uh, People are very friendly. Uh, So I think, uh, yeah, I think you you had a home run there with that itinerary and the places you chose to uh, visit while you were there. I agree, uh, Matt. Like I said, it's a case where I've, you know, I've I've done Eastern Caribbean, Western Eastern Caribbean is if you were going to say I'm going on a Caribbean cruise and you saw the ports to call on an Eastern Caribbean cruise, that is exactly what they look like. They are perfectly Caribbean. The Western Caribbean is a little bit more, it's definitely a, definitely a, got a different, exo- a different exotic feel to it. it you, you know, you're on a Caribbean cruise, but it really, you know, it, it, sometimes you kind of forget that, Oh yeah, this is definitely, this is the Caribbean too. It's actually, it's the Gulf of Mexico, Maybe that makes a difference, but uh, I got a completely different feel with between the Eastern and Western cruises. 
Yeah, no, it's, it's well said, Ron. And I really appreciate you coming on here and, and talking with us and, and sharing your your great alert of the Sea Screws. And most importantly, Ron, let's bring this full circle. Did you make it back in time for the birth of your uh, grandchild? Yes, I did. We actually made it. He was a case of, uh, uh, he was born about a month. We got back and was, he was born about a month later. Okay. So everything, everything worked fine. I could just Good. see never having to, I'd never hit the end of it. This is just, he's, it'll be going on, he'll be two, two years old in October. I'm sure my, but still hearing it from my wife, never wanting to go on a cruise again. Uh, and I was the reason that we missed the birth of my grandchild. So uh, there, there, there's no, there's, there's no, I'm glad it was a brilliant decision on my part. And once again, thanks to MEI Travel for do, doing an amazing swap for me by going two weeks earlier. Well, I'm really glad to hear that, Ron, and uh, appreciate all your support. And it sounds like a great crew. So uh, once again, uh, Ron, uh, thanks for, for joining us here today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right, let's answer some of your listener emails. This is the part of the podcast where I dive into our inbox and answer some of the questions you've been sending me about your upcoming Royal Caribbean cruises. And we're going to start off with an email from Cassie, who writes to us, "Uh, Hi, Matt, I want to start off by saying I love your blog. I look at it daily for the past six months when we booked our Royal Caribbean Alaska cruise. I wanted to see if you had any gut instinct on what may happen come July for our cruise to Alaska. We have a cruise July 10th, and I've read all your posts about if people would feel safe, what Royal Caribbean will do to make people sure are safe, etc. So my mind goes back and forth if I think July Alaska cruise will ever happen, our cruise leaves from Vancouver. So if you think it may happen, my next question is, has anyone asked you what may happen yet with passports? You can't get a passport at this time, but we need one for our son who's 17 because his passport has expired. We plan to get it the week that the shutdown happened, and now I'm panicking a little bit. If it does get lifted, if I'll have enough time again with passport, just seeing if you've heard uh, from others that have possible issues as well. Cassie, thanks for the email. And, um, you know, whether or not a cruise is going to happen, whether it's Alaska, whether it's Europe, whether it's the Caribbean, it's anyone's guess, Cassie. And I try not to give anybody false hope one way or another. I think it's just irresponsible for me to tell you, oh, sure, or oh, no, or maybe yes, maybe that. No one knows. So it's one of those things you have to wait and see. I can definitely tell you there's not 100% certainty either way. Now, in terms of the passport situation, a lot of people are up against it. Actually, my youngest daughter is in that situation as well. Because your cruise goes out of Vancouver, you can't fall back on the use of a birth certificate. If your cruise had gone out of Seattle, of course you could. Um, I guess the number one thing I would tell you is I believe the while the passport offices are not taking active applications, I think if you have imminent international travel within a certain time frame, whether that's seven or 14 days, I forget, uh, I think you can then make that request. They're only doing it for basically emergency travel of that nature. Um, but here's what I would tell you, Cassie. We're here in May. I'd give it another month or so. Between the next four to six weeks, you're gonna know an answer, Cassie, to your cruise question. And if it does occur, if it does look like it's gonna happen, then at that point, I guess I would say you should cross that bridge and, and start looking at options over there and calling the uh, post office or whomever where you're going. There are also a number of third-party organizations. When it comes to passports, this advice, by the way, holds up for even after all this uh, baloney's passed us. The, um, there, there are third-party services that will expedite passport application. So usually when you get a passport, you go through the post office here in the United States. You make an appointment, you go through the whole thing, right? Well, there are companies that's job it is to expedite them and do them for you. I mean, I remember a situation where I forget why I was looking at it, but I think like a passport was going to expire or something like that. I don't remember. But anyway, long story short, uh, we wanted to get a passport done quickly. 
and there was an option where you could pay a company. I mean, it costs a lot of money. I mean, we're talking a couple hundred dollars, but they will literally get it to you like the next day or same day, which is crazy, but they can do that for you. So you might also look into those companies as well, Cassie, as an option there. I know it's not great ideas, but you know, it's, it's at least an idea right there. Next up, we have an email from Jeff Norton. It's, hey Matt, I've been listening to your blog for the past few years while myself and my husband have been cruising and now cannot believe there's a different way of holidaying. I have a question about single occupancy because my youngest daughter has come to live with us and she's 15. We don't really want to share a room with her as I feel it would spoil the experience for us and her and being her first cruise. And the price of a separate room works out to be 500 pounds more than for two people in the in a room, which is madness. I've read in the past that people who've booked for two people, knowing one of them is not gonna go away and paying for two people, even getting tax support fees refunded for the missing person. Is this right or allowed? Are there any pitfalls to this and can it go wrong? We would reluctantly pay double, but not more than double for our daughter to have her own room. We've been looking at a vision of the season September for 2021 and we are from the UK. Thanks for all the hard work and keep it up. Your assessment, Jeff, is uh, correct, yes. And in a lot of cases, it is cheaper. I've gone through this exact scenario where it's cheaper to put yourself or your daughter in this situation on paper and completely make up a second person because for some reason the cost for two people in a room is cheaper than a cost for one person in a room has to deal with the math and logic if you will or lack thereof when it comes to that model so yeah absolutely basically what happens is jeff you're going to put down your daughter you're going to make up a second name or put a family member it's not really going whatever it doesn't really matter you get to the cruise terminal do the check-in and they're gonna say oh is uh, i see your daughter's here uh, what about the you know so-and-so who's supposed to be on here. Oh, they're not coming. Okay. They won't even care. They will be like, oh, okay, well, whatever. And uh, no, there's no penalty. There's no issues at all. And what should happen is your daughter should get double crown and anchor society points. And uh, in addition to that, you should get the port fees and taxes refunded. There's nothing special you have to do, Jeff. You just do it and auto-magically happens. So yeah, it's, it's a trick for anybody who's booking a cruise by themselves or at least a room for a solo person is compare the price for the uh, on the reservation for if you have one person in the room versus two people. Again, knowing full well that second person is a phantom person. Obviously, you're not going to get the money back for the second person, but in some cases, and I would say actually a lot of cases, it's cheaper to go that route rather than putting just one person down on paper. So hopefully that makes sense. Uh, next up is an email from Nick Lorenz. We just rebooked our family, our cruise, from July of this year to April of next year. We're going to St. Kitts and St. Thomas. It's been 14 years since we've been to St. Thomas. We've never been to St. Kitts. Just wondering what you'd recommend for family four with a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. Ooh, all right. Saint, uh, let's do St. Thomas. That's an easier one. I would say Megan's Bay is the thing to do there. A lot of people, Nick, would do kind of tours where you go do see a couple of the sites, like you go to Mountaintop, which is a nice overlook, uh, maybe another site or two, and then you end up at Megan's Bay. Megan's Bay is the beach in St. Thomas. It's absolutely stunning. My favorite thing to do in St. Thomas is to take the ferry over to St. John's. Um, it's a little adventurous, but uh, I say adventurous in the sense that it just requires more logistics in, involved with it. It's not difficult to do by any means. But if you've never been to St. Thomas, I would go to Megan's Bay first. I think it's, it's number one, it's a lot easier and convenient to get to. Number two, it's absolutely beautiful, and I think you'll like it quite a bit. So St. Thomas is an easy one. St. Kitts is, uh, is another one that's you know can be a little difficult to, to manage to some extent. Uh, I would say... You're, there are two major choices. One is the beach, and the other is something else. And something else usually kind of, you know, changes up. If you're looking for something different, say, Matt, we need a break from the beach, then I might recommend something I have done, a short excursion, is there's a train tour in which there's an old uh, train that they used to use in, uh, in St. Kitts to move uh, sugarcane from the fields back to the port. And uh, that doesn't, the train doesn't operate anymore in that regard. 
However, the train is the train, the tracks are still there, so they take you through the countryside of St. Kitts. It's a great way to see some really fabulous scenery. Uh, and I liked it quite a bit. It's a little long. Um, I think my kids my kids were very young at that point. They enjoyed, I think, the last, like, 30 minutes or 45 minutes or so. They were kind of, you know, all right, let's get off this train already. But it's not too bad, and it's something completely different. I liked it quite a bit. So that's another option for you as well to check out there. So uh, hopefully that helps you out there. Thank you. And uh, thank you, everybody, for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. And, of course, if you want to send me your emails, you can do so by sending it to Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hochberg, and we'll talk again soon.